Hello and welcome to Forgotten People. My name is Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today we have Marie France Louise. She's from a different country. She's from Haiti. She'll be giving us an education on Haiti and, and America as well. Can't wait to talk to her. Forgotten People was a show originally created for the homeless in America. Forgotten people, forgotten voices, those kind of things. And I changed it over to uh, Black Lives Matters or to the situation that we're having right now in America, mostly because it's a topical subject. It's what's happening in America. It's what's affecting all of us. So I just lent over the show to this. What's interesting is what I want to discuss before we bring Marie on here is, you know, I was very upset about how I got slammed for protesting I got slammed for protesting and white privilege. Just a lot of just anger being thrown at me. And it upset me deeply. It really did upset me. And then it upset me that people attacked me based on my show. And then what it was called, yada, yada. And it just came right at me. And, you know, I I called a lot of friends. I didn't really know how to handle it. It it was, I'm not used to that kind of attack. I will be completely honest with you. And it bothered me deeply. It bothered me till this morning, until I saw that Ellen DeGeneres was attacked uh, for saying something. And then I felt better. <laughs> because if you can attack Ellen, you can attack. Just, first, they attacked like Emma Watson. It's like, this person does nothing but like the most generous things for other people. And then they attacked Ellen DeGeneres. And I'm like, okay, forget it, dude. Like, you can't satisfy everybody. This is, you know, you just can't satisfy everybody. So I'm just doing the best I can. I want to give people, other people voices during this occasion here. I want to, I want to hear what people have to say. Um, I want to hear the honest truth. I want to hear their experiences. And I want, to see, uh, I want to see what we get from there. So let's bring on Marie. Enough of me talking. And I hope Ellen is doing a lot better. Uh, let's bring on Marie. Let's give, her, let's give her a clap, huh? Hey, Marie. Yes, Thank you for the I appreciate it. How are you doing? And thank you for having me tonight. I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm going to be good. How about yourself? I'm doing very good. Thank you. So you're, 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 you're not an L.A. native. You're originally from Haiti. That is correct. Yes. Uh, born and raised. And also I, my education in Haiti, I studied industrial engineering. Wow. And I came, I came to the U.S in December of 2010, and ever since I've been living here. So you've been here for 10 years. Wow. Yes. Well, you're definitely in America now. But, you know, Haiti's been hit by a lot of troubles for for so many, I mean, almost hundreds of years. If you think about all all the colonization and stealing of their their artifacts and stealing of their gold and stealing of their property and what have you. I mean, they've they've gone through a lot of disarray because of other countries bastardizing their country. Yes, it's it's really sad when when you look, um, and it's not just in Haiti, um, when you look especially um, countries, black countries, I would say, um, where... You, you see them deprived from from their their their, their as you said their gold their land 
and and even the fact that they even have an independence. I remember uh, a lot of countries even denied the fact that Haiti was the first uh, black country to be independent uh, in North America, in Central America. Um, And even then, after their independence, they had to pay uh, to friends for a lot of years um, just because uh, you know, now that they couldn't colonize it, but now they had to pay just because now they're independent. Uh, and even after that, we went to colonization. Um, you, you never really had a government. And even when you had a government, um, there was a lot of civil war. You don't know where those guns will come from, uh, but people will find guns and they will start, you know, fighting each other, killing each other, just can have power. And you, you ask yourself, really, um, what is happening to your country? Um, it's it's really a lot to take in when you look at um, the way, and not just in the U.S., but the way that all these other countries, especially in Africa or Haiti, have been treated. Right. It's, it's really sad. Well, the 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 Africanos, the Dutch, you know, they're the ones who invaded Africa or South Africa and in, in Congo and in, in Nigeria and what have you. And we call themselves the Africanos. And then you have the French colonizations in, in, in Haiti as well as the Americans who went in there as well. I want to ask you where you got your education from, from, from your history. Because in America, they don't teach, they don't teach this stuff. You have, to, you have to really find it on your own, read books, find people who are knowledgeable. Where did you, where did you get your education on, on how your country was colonized and where these guns came from? Is it just something you guys talk about generally or is it something they teach in your schools? It is taught in school. Um, you you have to really be um, versed in, in your history and especially in Haiti. Um, I think we pride ourselves and and our education, uh, especially because it's a poor country, so parents want their kids to be educated because that's the only way they can have, you know, make a living. Um, but uh, also Asians uh, pride themselves in um, their history, uh, the fact that they were slaves and, and they fought for, for their independence. Right. And, and they're still fighting till this day. They're still fighting right. till this day, really even as an independent country, but we still feel that their hands are tied because there, there, is no, there is no way out, especially for the majority of the community when you're looking at a country where 80% of the population is uneducated. So it, right. it's really easy for anyone um, in the government to basically, um, you know, um, make them do whatever they want to do. When you were a child and you were learning these things, how did it make you feel to know that you were learning a history of, of, of having almost one leg down of almost being one step behind? Cause that's what they're teaching you. It's like you, 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 you've had corrupt people come in. You've been hurt. You're a hurt country. How does it feel growing up have to, having that feeling? I don't. The way that um, education is in Haiti, they don't really teach you. I don't think it's something that we we've learned in school. Um, you know that we've been. You know we, we are on the ground, and then somebody else has the upper hand. 
right. you really are taught that you are worthy, you know, you are strong, um, that you you um, you have you are on this earth to do something great. And I and I remember, especially when I was in school. Um, Everyone wanted to, they know that they had a purpose in life. They know that there was something greater than themselves that they needed to accomplish. Um, but all of that started to change, I think, by the um, year of 19, uh, 1990, 2000. And right. um, the culture started, started to change. And, and you could see the, the difference in the community, especially after the earthquake happened in 2010 that really broke um, the economy and um, everything, because after that it was just um, poverty, left and right, um, and uh, criminality started to raise. Right. Which is unfortunate. But you you are not taught that y- you you are less than. And I remember um, when I was in Haiti, especially the majority of the population. Um, is black. Um, we really, uh, it's really interesting because I, I see it in, in the U.S. how we talk about minorities, and um, and you kind of feel that they are marginalized. And Haiti is the opposite. People that are different are treated as um, is is the same thing. You know, you value them as people because because you don't see a lot of them, and which is really the beauty in, in our community. Uh, but I think the first time that I really realized that I was black um, was when I came to the U.S. Because race <laughs> is not something that we, it's not something that we talk about in my country. Right. It's really not something that we talk about uh, because we're all the same. You know, even right. if it's different shades of black, <laughs> right. but we, you know, somebody can tell you, you know, I'm lighter than you, or I'm lighter, but it's just, it's it's something that you, you you tell each other. It's not something that you know that basically defines who you are as a so person. People, like let, me, let, me, let me just pause for a second. So you're telling me that people in Haiti, if you're light light skinned, uh, lighter skinned black, that they don't make they don't like crack jokes at you about that, and they don't. Make, you know, they don't make fun of each other. Like if you're darker, none of that. We do make fun of each other, but it's 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 not in a bullying type of way. Okay. Um, people will make fun of you. Uh, for example, my family, we we make fun of each other, but it's not about the color of our, our skin. It may be, you know, you have you know big eyes or. You know, you oh. have short legs or something like that, but it's not really about the color of your skin. Um, even at school, people used to tell me that I have huge eyes. Uh, right. But, you know, it, it's just an innocent um, remark compared right. to telling you that, you know, um, that you're not worthy because of the color of your skin. Right. You know. That's more. Did, and you, did it, you feel that? Mm-hmm. Did you feel that from American culture when you when you came here? It's it's it, there's a lot that comes with it. I would say, um, when I first came to the U.S., I think um, the first thing that 
struck me was that every single paper I had to fill out, I had to put my my ethnicity. I, I've lived in Haiti for 26 years. Uh, I just give away my my um my age. <laughs> I've lived in Haiti for 26 years, and never once I had to you know put on a piece of paper the color of my skin or you know my ethnicity or anything like that or you know the color of my eyes, my my hair color or anything like that. Um, all they care about really went for statistics is how many people live in this house, female or male, and that's it. Um, but you never had to fill out all this paperwork, and that was just maybe every 10 years for statistical purposes and nothing else. Um, but here in the U.S., you're buying a phone and you have to specify your ethnicity, you know? <laughs> uh, it's it's it, it was it was really different, I think, when every time people would address me, especially because at the time I had a really thick accent, uh, they didn't understand the fact that I could speak English and people would ask me, I didn't know we had schools in Haiti. Um, what? Or, yeah, uh, because I didn't study in the U.S. and I came and I started working as an engineer, so it was really, you know, people were intrigued as of how I can work here and that's study in the U.S., especially because I'm from a, you know, poor country. Um, okay. It, it was really, really difficult, I think. Even even um, other people that uh, you would think would, would be understanding, especially I remember when I was pregnant, um, it, it was so, so weird the way I was treated as because I, I was an immigrant, I didn't have um, I didn't have insurance at the time, and I remember my my husband was still on his way coming from work, and my friend had to go pick him up uh, to guide him where my, I was because he didn't know the room I was in, and right. I remember the midwife and the nurse left me in the room by myself while I was pushing the baby. Um, what? <laughs> I just, what? I just didn't understand. And I had to hold my legs by myself. I know I understand that I didn't have insurance, um, but it was just, I think that was the first time that it just caught me that, uh, yeah. why is this happening? <laughs> you know, I, I, um, didn't, I didn't think a lot of these stories that I've been hearing, uh, you know, these past couple of, you know, uh, episodes have, would, would be so... Um, not troubling, but uh, um, yeah, I would say troubling. Like, like when you tell me that, it's very upsetting. Like, that's very upsetting to hear. It's like they would never treat anybody else like that, but they treated you that way. I don't care if you don't have insurance. It's that's not the right thing to do. That's not even ethical. Yes, I, I maybe they were having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe they're having a bad day, <laughs> so, so just treat you like an animal. <laughs> uh, but I think I think I, I moved past that. But after after that, I went back to the hospital just to um, take care of uh, the insurance. And I remember the lady told me that, uh, well, we can give you the insurance. Uh, you wanted an American baby now pay for it. Um, what, I'm sorry. Say we, that again. I think I heard you right, but say that again. 
Yes, she she told me that I I couldn't get the insurance um, because, well, you need an American baby now. You have to pay for it. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it was it was um, it, it was just I think um, post postpartum was really uh, I became depressed. I think just being away from my family because my my boyfriend at a time lived in the U.S. and because I became pregnant, so. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we 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 were together and we can you know raise our child uh, together. Right. right. So I left I left my career I left my family and friends and I and I came to the West, which which is which wasn't something that I wanted to do at the time because right. um, I had a great life <laughs> uh, and it never occurred to me that I wanted to move to the United States. Um, but the treatment that I would get, especially uh, as a pregnant woman um, in this country, not not really uh, with a thick accent, um, right. at, you know, being at the hospital and being treated that, it, it really broke my heart. Um, but again, I, I just, I, I just brush it off because I know that I, I didn't have to hold on to uh, those negative things that I would see. And, and I, I know that, you know, not everybody is like that, so I, I don't have to really hold on to everything bad that I see around me. All right. Right. I don't know if you this know, your question, so yeah, I just started talking don't, about I, I'll my be life. honest, I don't, I don't remember what my question was. <laughs> I'm listening to you in disbelief right now. I'm I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, what? Because um, that's that's crazy sauce. And, and you were going through postpartum depression as well. And how did you deal with that? I'm sorry? How did you, you said you were going through postpartum depression as well. Yes, because for the first time of my life, I was by myself. Um, right. And, and in Haiti, basically, the way that we were raised um, – you don't leave the house until you're ready, meaning until you're married or you have a, you know, you have a job and, and you know, you, especially when you're a woman, uh, your parents want to make sure that you don't you leave by yourself. And even, yeah. Yes. And even when I was working, I think I started working I was probably when I was 20. Um, I was still, I was still uh, in college and I was working full time full-time students, full-time working. <laughs> and um, even then, I remember when I was finally done studying and I had a great career, but my, 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 my family was still scared for me because we started right. having a lot of issues with insecurities, so they wanted to make sure that um, I always had safe. somebody in the car with me. Yes. Yeah. Um, and... Um, the first time that I left the house was when I came to the U.S. to be with my soon-to-be husband. Um, and when, whenever he would be gone um, going to work, I would be by myself with the baby. So it was, it was really hard me never being around the baby. And now, uh, even, even when I was pregnant, being pregnant, not being able to move around much, and now I am with a baby by myself with nobody to talk to. Right. Um, 
it was it was really it was really um it wasn't an easy time let's put it that way is is your husband an american no he's haitian as well he studied engineering oh. he came to the us um a few years before me and uh we reconnected after um after the earthquake and wow. um we came to visit him a few times and then we got a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happens. <laughs> exactly. we, we, <laughs> were you guys able to discuss it together of, of like the problems of being in America and being, you know, now being what you would call black? Uh, I think it's, it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's more difficult, I would say for my husband. Um, especially in the field that he's in. Um, it's been, I think, tougher on him uh, than, than me. Uh, I, I always try to see things in the, on, you know, under the, a positive light. But for him, right. I think, especially at work, um, it was really difficult for him to, to see uh, how, for example, he's an engineer and, mm-hmm he would be doing the work, but then somebody else would say, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's just weird. I they would, would take the credit for what it. Would be going on. Yeah. <laughs> it wow. would be just weird to, to, see, to see how um, things will happen for him, especially because um, he has a thicker accent than I do. And so, even when he would be leading a project, he wouldn't be allowed in the room to talk about the project. Right. And um, so, yeah. I've I've spoken to a, a thousand Haitians in my lifetime, and you don't have a very – you're right. You don't have a very thick accent at all. I didn't know what to expect when I was going to talk to you today, but I've spoke like I said, I, I have spoken to a thousand Haitians, and, and sometimes your accent is incredibly thick. It doesn't mean I can't understand them. Um, let me ask you a question. You, you, you said that it was tougher on your husband than it was on you because he has a thicker accent. How do you, how does he deal with the situation of being an American, having a thicker accent and, and now being called black? Because if somebody, if a cop saw him on the street, they would just think he was a black American. Agreed. Uh, but again, as I said, I think it's tougher on him because yeah. he, he it's affecting him on a um, emotional level, and um, so yeah. it, it's just certain people cope cope with things different ways, and right. I don't think he was able to get out of that depression. And he's been working for a few years, and I think for him now the only way out is to go back to his country and live his life without, you know, being constantly reminded of the fact that, you know, he's he's him. <laughs> is that what he is so, that what he did? He he actually now is is, is really trying to um, build something in Haiti and and you know having a peaceful life. Um, oh, so he moved back to Haiti. He he he's about to. He's working on that. Okay. Wow. This country sucks so much that he wants to leave. <laughs> wow. 
That's great. He wants to leave. He wants to leave. I know that it, things are more difficult in Haiti, but I think the fact that it's affecting his mental health um, yeah. you know, is the best thing to do. You know, that, I, I, I honestly, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I never am for a loss of words. <laughs> I always have an opinion and I can always speak, but right now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit at a loss for words because you're talking about somebody who comes to America to make our country better. And he's probably fantastic at what he does. And other people take his ideas and other people push him around. It affects his mental health to the point where he just wants to leave, go back to Haiti and contribute back to the country that he was born in. And That's and leave this and, and leave this country behind, or else he'll he'll become mentally ill. You know when yes, you when, and he's also go ahead. Mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead, please. No, 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 you go ahead. No, 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 no. Oh. This is your platform. I want you to talk. <laughs> no, but I, I think that the saddest thing is that um, our kids. Uh, we have two kids, two beautiful children now. Um, for their safety, they can't go back to Haiti. Right. So he right. will have to leave his family so that he, he doesn't go nuts. <laughs> wow. So you'll stay here? Yeah. And he'll go back? Yes. Yes, I'm staying here with the kids. For their you know, safety. I, my, my, my parents are first generation. They came from different countries. So I'm an immigrant to this country. I was, I'm first generation. And I used to teach my students for the past 30-something odd years is America's fantastic at breaking families apart. It's amazing because, you know, when you go back to the countries that my parents came from, they lived together, they grew old together, they died together. As, a, as grandma, mom, children, they all stayed together for a very long time. And when yeah. I was a child, you know, living in, a, in an immigrant neighborhood – all the families were together. Same thing was happening. But as soon as I went to a white neighborhood, when I was older, we moved to the suburbs in the 19, 1980s. Everybody was white. And every parent, were, they were all divorced. Every kid, when they turned 17, 18 years old, moved out of their house, moved across the country, got away from their family, started a brand new life, made brand new friends, and they no longer had the connection they had beforehand. And it didn't make any sense to me. And I just thought to myself, America is really great at, at really breaking families up. Yeah. It's unfortunate. You know, you mentioned your, your husband's mental health, and that's very important. When you look at the mental health of, of black Americans who've been here their entire life, and we have a, a real problem with with mental health issues with Americans. Do you think, do you think, I mean, I, I have my own opinion, but do you think that that contributes to it about how the country treats black Americans and and how they treat people? I I don't know. I think uh, when it comes to mental health, it's something that um, can be used as a scapegoat. Um, the way that I see it in the United States. Yeah. Uh, somebody can be criminal, but depending of, <laughs> you know, depending of how much melanin they have in their skin, then 
they have mental health issues. Right. Whereas somebody else uh, who's from a you know minority, they are criminal. Right. And they don't have to they don't have to end somebody's life for that. Uh, they can just steal something, but they are automatically a criminal. But they don't have any mental health issues. So it's it's I think it's deeper than that. Really tackling that topic would be you know <laughs> it wouldn't right. take you know the wouldn't be long enough to talk about it. Sure. I'm going back to Haiti. You know, you, you said you know you grew up you know happy and grow, growing up. You know, they they brought you up. As as a as as being Haitian, not being black, mm-hmm. not being white, but being Haitian. That's it. Yes. Well, you have children in America. You know, you know they're going to be taught differently here. Do do you wish do you wish something different for them being taught in America to to be taught the same way? If I know, I have the choice. Um, but if I could, I, I would have gone back with my kids and have them educated in Haiti. Right. Um, just, just I think the fact that I have two daughters and um, wonderful. Just what I've seen, I think, just broke my heart. I remember when she was four and she had first started kindergarten. Um, color is never something that I talk about in my in my house because right. this is not this isn't something I was raised talking about in my family. Um, we never talked about race. We never talked about um, things related to ethnicity or you know people are people. Um, no matter what they do, no matter who they are, people are people. Um, but I remember she went to kindergarten, and one day, um, I'm getting emotional. Um, she came, she came back. Uh, I, I went and picked her up, and she told me that um, the other kids didn't want to play with her because she was chocolate. And I was just like, what do you mean? Uh, yes, they should, she has chocolate. And um, and I remember she was crying. Uh, and then days after, weeks after, they started picking on her hair. Uh, they, you know, they tell, told her that she had nappy hair and she didn't have the same hair as they did. And I remember at the time I had, my hair was um, processed, chemically processed. And, you know, she said she she would want to have my hair. Um, That way the kids, you know, wouldn't peek on her or anything like that. Yeah, and I remember I, I, I had to shave my hair to show her that this is not what makes you beautiful. This is not what makes you worthy as, as a person. Um, and I think ever since I've done that, she understood. And every time she would, you know, look 
even when she watches a, a movie or anything like that and people are, you know, she sees people talking about people's hair or people's skin, she would she would just say, you know, this is what, what makes you beautiful. This is what, what right. makes you beautiful. Just just because she saw it from, from her mom, teaching her that this is not what defines you as a person. This is not what makes you worthy to play with these kids, you know. Right. And I think ever since she she never had friends. Um, she only had one good friend uh, recently, I think two years ago, at her school. Uh, but she moved to a different uh, neighborhood, so they don't they are not uh, in the same school anymore. Uh, even from her teachers, they tell me that she doesn't play with anyone. And you know, when you ask her, it's just because. She always we 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 live in a predominantly um, a neighborhood where she she's mainly the <laughs> one of the only chocolate kids. And the oh my god! Cool. So it it's um yeah it's it's uh I feel bad for her. I, I really do. I, I really hope that she wouldn't have to be living that on a daily basis and have to isolate herself at school and not being able to make friends or feeling that she's not she's not worthy of, you know, being talked to or being played play around, you know, with. So yeah, I, I really wish um if it wasn't, you know, for their safety, I really wish that it they would they would be raised and educated in my country instead. Your and your youngest daughter is not in school yet. No, she's two. She's not in school yet. Well, that you know that, that that's a pretty evil story. You know, I've always known that ch- children were were a little bit evil and pretty damn mean. But nappy nappy hair is actually a racist comment. It's actually racist to say that. And I've heard people get fired from their from their radio jobs, from other jobs for for saying that <laughs> for nappy hair. I just I didn't. You need to be taught those words. You need you need to be taught that. Now you said you're, you're from Texas, am I right? Yes, we live in Texas. We live in Houston, Texas. Wow. I, you know, I, I thought I thought the people were different now. I, I you know maybe I'm just an ignorant ignoramus, but I, I thought children were are a lot more different now. But children are always just going to be children, aren't they? Yes, children are children, but um, you you can change the children, but you can't change their parents. That's right. Um, so they just they're just showing what is being taught to them. It's not That's that right. they're evil. It's not that they're bad children, and I don't condemn the children for you know what they say or what they do, but you know the parents that don't condemn that and tell them that it's wrong. You know, that's what's questionable to me. Um, So it's it's just, and and now I remember I was having this discussion with a friend um, when, you know, the, the, everything started happening in the media um, about the death of George Floyd. And, you know, when he was talking about, you know, the racism, I told him this is not, this is not a choice. This is taught. This is something that people teach to their children. That's right. You know, um, my my daughter never knew the difference between you know 
black or white until she went to school. And, right. you know, other people started telling her now that, oh, you're black, you know, and that's right. how she learned that, oh, okay, I didn't know that, I'm black. And every time she would try to address the subject, I would say, we don't talk about that here. We don't talk about that here until we really had to address it because it was affecting her, you know. Right. Um, and I think it still did because now she just doesn't have any friends because she's she's trying to protect herself and not get hurt. Right, of course. Now, now that the George Floyd situation's happened, now, now that it's kind of opened up this this can of worms, do, do you do you talk to her more? Do you talk to your children more about what's happening in the world? I I don't think uh, I really need to because of. <laughs> uh, because she sees it, she can see it, you know. Right. And and I watch these videos with her. Uh, we talk about it, but I don't want to, um, you know, stay too much on the subject because I, I don't right. want I don't want it something that she she's thinking about on a daily basis. Right. I don't want her to to be spending you know her child childhood life just wondering about these type of topics right so uh you know it, it might be uh trying to you know protect her but at the same time right. I, I want her to be aware of it enough so that she's not you know um unaware of what's going on in the world right no i understand you're trying to protect your child and and how do you feel about, you know, because I asked you, you know, when we were talking earlier, I asked you, how, how did you feel about the protests that were going on? I'd like to hear your opinion. Because you've been, you've been an American for 10 years now. I mean, you are an American. So when you look at the protests that are happening in the streets of Texas, California, Minnesota, New York, Chicago, all around, all 50 states, including our our, our other states, which is, which is like you know, Puerto Rico, which is, uh, which are commonwealths. They're, they're, they're doing the same thing. How does that make you feel? What do you think? It, it really bring tears to my eyes. Um, and, and I think it's, it's just beautiful to see people being united and for, for, you know, understanding that cause. Because it's really important to to understand that when, when you when you when you put so much oppression on on a you know minority, when you have so you know you you've shown so so much discrimination towards one, um, it's it's at some point it it, it will blow up. It will right. blow up, and um, I, I think it's not just the black community that now is fed up with it. it right. It's also everyone now realizing that this needs to stop, and, and it's good that we're seeing this revolution really in the United States, which which is something that I never thought would happen because every time you would you know watch the news, it, it just became. Um, people will become numb to it. Okay, it's just another one that died, you know? Right. And 
will just move on with their lives and that's it. But this right. time around, seeing the change that this is causing, it's, it's, you know, it's unbelievable in a good way. Right. In America, when I was growing up, we were, we're not taught black history. It's just, it's just really not there at all. You have to go to college to learn that stuff. You said you learned that in Haiti when you were, when you were a child and you didn't know color yeah. at all. Yeah. In America, and we know it immediately. In America, we know it immediately because of pop culture. When you watch, when you watch okay. movies and what have you, did, 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 when you were watching movies in Haiti, did you, did, did you ever have movies like with Eddie Murphy or anything like that, that, that showed the indifference of black, black and white Americans at all? Did you ever see any of those films? I see the, the, the movies, and we also watch, I think the first movie that I watched, um, it wasn't the first, but it, it was the one that struck to me the most, um, Amistad, I think that Amistad, was called. I don't yeah. know if it's the movie. Yeah, Amistad, which is The Ship by Steven Spielberg, yeah. This one broke me. Uh, I, I used to watch um, other documentaries about, you know, uh, slaves. And, and these, these are things that you're, you're taught in elementary school. Really, you have to know about your history. So, you know, um, I think first grade, uh, that's when you start learning about your history. Uh, they start teaching you about slaves but, in first grade? Yes, yes. Wow. Excuse me. You know, let me talk to my... Let me let me talk to my audience real fast. I, I, I dare you guys, because we have an audience listening to us right now. I dare you guys mm-hmm. to talk to your teachers and, and beg your teachers to teach your first grade children about slavery. This world, this this America would crack in half. I think. Please continue. I mean that that's amazing to me. You know, it, it's amazing how ignorant this country is to me, education wise. But please tell me, so you learned about slavery in the first grade. Yes. So in first grade, they start by, you know, talking about the beginning, which is um, the, basically they call them the Indians, the indigents that, you know, lived in Haiti. And you learn about Columbus and where he came from, how he got there and what he did to them. But you learn them as songs, you know. Um, So that's how they teach you as as kids. You learn them, but also you have to memorize them as songs. Um, So when you recite them, you recite them as if they were poems that you recite. And those stick with you, you know, those stick with you because you learn them from from the get-go. You know that history of yours. And and as as you... as you get older, then you, you learn more about, you know, um, your independence, slavery, and everything, really, um, about your country and how they contributed to other countries' um, independence as well, how you, you help um, the U.S. And, and things like that. Right, right. Yeah, you, you know, I was watching the Conan O'Brien. I don't know if you, if you ever watched the Conan O'Brien show, but he went to Haiti, and he was talking to a couple first graders, 
and this first grade girl knew more about knew as much about Haitian uh, history and the slavery of of of, of, of Haitian history and and the the bastardization uh, that all these countries had done to your country um, as much as I did. It, it was frightening. Like I had no idea that somebody could be that educated about their country and the problems that their country were, were going through as a first grade or second grader could, could go through, but they really care about their children understanding what's happening in their country. Yes, history is is really really important um, for um, you know for the education system in Haiti. It's something that you um, you really have to master, I would say, yeah. besides science, besides everything else, <laughs> yeah. um, because you have to learn all of them. I, I think one thing also that um, shapes you. Um, it's, I don't know if it's like that for any other country, uh, but in Haiti, I, rem- I, I remember that it's it's really important that you are well educated, mm-hmm. and um, your parents will make sure of that. And and right. the funny thing is that most of the schools in Haiti are private schools, so mm. we are not as lucky. The government doesn't doesn't you know. Um, Help people to to um, so they don't provide education. The they do not. Uh, you have like you can count um, how many public schools that you have in Haiti. Even then, the selection process is really <laughs> you have to be like a right. A plus plus student to to make it. And um, what happens to the children who don't get that education? What what are they left with? Nothing, and that's why you end up with eighty uh, percent of the population not being educated because most of the people don't have the they just can't afford putting their kids to school wow yeah that's evil yeah. and um, and unfortunately, in Haiti, we have two official languages uh creole uh which is um, a di- it's not a dialect but it's it's kind of a um, French with the, what language the Indians, Indians used to talk and yeah. uh, um, Spanish, English, uh, and then, um, you know, the dialect that we, we got from um, all the people that came from Africa. Yeah. So you have to know French to French English to be able to get a decent job. Right. So, it, you know, if you speak Creole and depending on how you speak Creole, people will automatically see that, okay, you didn't go to school just because of the way you speak So you, spe- you speak Francais. No, you, 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 they teach you French, English, Spanish in school, so you, it's, okay. it's it's you know, it's not a selective. You don't you know decide. Okay, yeah. I'm choose. And then Creole is, is for the normal person. It's for the person outside. Yes. So Creole, you you, you it's your mother's tongue. Uh, right. Same as French, but some it depends of your 
feel class. Really. Some, no. some, yeah. you know, some families, they speak French and Creole. Some families can only speak Creole because maybe the parents didn't go to school, so they don't know how yeah. to speak French. Um, and some other parents or families speak all three of them or four of them. And, and the funny thing about Haiti is that you also have to speak Latin. So it's not a selective. You don't choose if you're going to speak Latin or not. It's just you, you have, have to speak to. Latin? Have... Yes. I learned, I, Latin in, I learned Latin in college. You have to learn Latin. <laughs> and, 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 um, in high school, you, you, you really? learn Latin. You spend years. I, I learned Latin in college for, for criminal justice, for, uh, for law. You had to learn Latin in law, but it's, it's a dead language. It's, I'm shocked. Well, Latin is like French and it's Spanish and it's Italian. Yes. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's very widespread and it's, it's, it's a base dialect, but that's very intelligent for them. That's very wise of them to teach it to you, but that's shocking. Yes. And again, it's, it's just, it just tells you how um, uh, people are the the education system in Haiti, they're really selective. So it's really about getting um, only the best can make it right, right. <laughs> out. So, and, and that's why a lot of people would, as you go through, um, you know, high school years, you will see a lot of people not being able to make it just because they, they just start to kind of, um, if you can't, if you can't excel in all of them, then you, you're not allowed to move to the next level, basically. What do, you, what do you think is the number one reason of why you see a lot of people, not a lot, excuse me, I don't mean to say it like that. Why do you think some people in Haiti, uh, going from high school, from grade school, going on to university, leaving the country, why do you think they can't hack it? Do they just choose not to? Because Americans are just essentially lazy sometimes. They choose, oh, I'm just going to do this. But is is it sometimes just some person just can't get it and they just can't make it? Oh, you mean make it as if? Like like you said, only the best can make it out of there. Like what, what would make? Way... Go ahead. Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm listening to you. It's just the way that um, the system is. It's. You have, okay, so in the U.S., for example, you have um, you have tests where you have to choose the right answer or, you know, right. but in Haiti, it's not like that. You have to actually, if there is a formula, you have to actually show how the formula was even developed. Um, right. it's, it's, it's not about just giving the right answer, even if you have the right answer, but if you didn't show from A to Z, how to how you got there? You you don't get you get a zero. <laughs> right. It's um, it's they they're really it's just a different way. Even when I the way I see my kid uh, within school now, you know the type of test that she's getting, and I'm like, oh my god, I would have been like a I don't know a star student. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's really different the way the way that um, education is done in, in countries like Haiti or in Africa, um, even in France, um, because we we follow the same system, and it's it's um, it's really difficult. 
really difficult. Right. They not, they don't make it easy. I I I remember in college I I took um several years of black history in America and people were angry at me for taking taking that class. Uh, I I get uh, the typical what are you doing here or what do you want what do you want uh, things like that, and I was young, so I'd fight back, and I'd be like, "Well, what do you know about like apartheid? What do you know about Africa? What do you know about Haiti? What do you?" Because I was educated in all these mm-hmm. cases, so they're coming there to be educated in, in these in these cases. So I'd fight back, but I, I understand why people would say that. But what? How do you thinking now in modern America? What do you think America is losing by not teaching? their children about black history, about not teaching about slavery, because they don't teach children about slavery, but teaching about slavery and Christopher Columbus, the real Christopher Columbus. What do you think they're missing knowing that you had that experience and you had that learned experience when you were young? Well, I think if you are hiding somebody you know, who they really are, at some point they will lose themselves. And that's what I think you've been seeing in this country where um, people don't know who they are. They don't know who the other, you know, their neighbor is. And that's why they mistreat them because they don't really have a clue um, who a black person is or um, who an immigrant is, whatever whatever country they came from, um, or whatever ethnicity, you know, or race, just because they they're not, they don't have, they're missing that that part of them. So all they see is, you know, um, one side of the of the iceberg, and they think that okay, this is the truth, uh, but in reality, there is a whole lot more that they are just blinded from. They don't know about everything else that makes it a whole, but all they see is one aspect of it, which which becomes a lie at some point, because if you don't know the whole truth, then you're just living a lie. Right. Do you think, do you think black America or America as a whole would work better if I know I have my opinion, I believe that the answer is yes, but I want to hear your opinion. Do you believe America would work better if we taught our children these issues faster, sooner, quicker? Because a lot of people say, I don't see color, baloney. Everybody sees color. Everybody sees differences. Our, our brain is meant to see the differences of things. That's, that's the way our brain is just constructed. But not in a racist way, not in a way, not in the way that I, I think a lot of people would interpret that. I mean, people can see the difference between you know an apple and a pear, or a donkey and and a, and a horse. People can immediately see the difference. But seeing the difference, like I'm better than you and I'm not better than you, I don't. That has to be taught. Do you think America can could benefit by changing the American? Uh, educational program and teaching people earlier the things that they need to learn to become better people? I think 
I think one thing that would really help is to lose the labels. I think that that's one thing that's really um, keeping this going because people are aware of labels. Um, and and I, I really uh, know that this will sound weird, but I didn't see color until a few years ago. Um, right. Because I just remember one day uh, something happened at work, and I and I just asked myself if it was someone else, would that person right. get the same treatment? Uh, because I've seen, you know, how how it works. But I, I just started recently asking myself, why is it different when it's me? And it's never right. something that I would ask myself at first, but it, it just struck me recently that, oh, wow, okay, that's what it is. And, and it's just, again, the fact that we are, we have all these labels to identify people. And, and I, I remember um, I was talking to, to someone recently uh, about that. In Haiti, you have different shades of black. <laughs> Uh, it's not fifty shades of black, but we we have so many different <laughs> different shades of of black, and right. uh, even then, people would make fun of people that are light skin just because uh, we joke around. Uh, and it's uh, that's not what I, that's that, what I asked you about earlier in our conversation. because <laughs> that's the way it always works. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not about the color of their skin though. Right. It's just, um, you know, you, I don't even remember. It's can, just kids looking around. It's not, you, it's not, okay, you're that color, then you're not the right. person, or, you know, you're not worthy, you don't deserve to be alive or something right. like that. No, sure. Um, so it's, um, it's really, as I mentioned before, when I got here and I started understanding that, okay, okay, yes, you don't have to remind me. I'm black. I'm black. I know it. Um, and uh, I really think it would be good for the education system to help people know their history, you know, right. help people know their history, not hiding Things that that have happened in, in, in the, especially in the United States, how you know how the <laughs> the massacre that happened and, and right. um, the, you know it's something that I recently learned. I never knew about that. Um, not that I'm really versed in, in, in um, U.S. the United States history, but that's unfortunate. There are certain things that that, that <laughs> that's uh, that's there are a lot of things that they just don't bring the light on them just because they know it's not right. Right. You know, they know it's not right. It shouldn't have been done. But, again, it just shows how deep um, it's institutionalized, the fact that they would see people uh, differently, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. I want I want to, I want to talk to you about labels because you keep on saying labels and I want you to specify what you what you mean about labels. Mhm. 
Okay. What do you mean by labels? Go ahead. Go ahead. It's uh, it's everything that's being advertised. Um, for example, um, in Haiti, you you don't talk. The first thing you don't talk about race. You don't talk about um, people's sexual orientation, or I don't know. It's it. I don't know. Maybe it's just because we are a small country, and what's really important is. Um, making sure that the community is back up. So we have other things to worry about than labeling people. <laughs> um, but but here, it's just how everyone is being labeled. Right. Um, you, you can Caucasian, but you have to specify what type of Caucasian you are, what your, sure. what your ethnicity is. You can be Latino, but you have to specify. You can be um, black. You have to specify, are you black? Are you African-American? Are you Hispanic or non-Hispanic? It's, it's, and then you have to specify your, um, your gender, and you also have to specify, okay, what's your sexual orientation? Are you heterosexual? Are you binary, non-binary? And it's, 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 it's all those classifications, I think, that's, even even more causing people to just identify, okay, that person is LGBT, that person is black, but it's also LGBT. Um, that person is black, but it's also Latino. Um, that person is, you know, it's, it's just so many labels that are just making it even harder for people to just realize at some point that we are just people. We are just the same, you know? Um, all that matters is really helping each other just make a living, helping each other be stronger, become a community, and, and, and that's what's missing. And that's, that's what's causing all these issues when you look around the way people will just discriminate because it, it's just, it becomes second nature. Just because you, you, you become so aware of it every day that you have to Feel it, put it on paper. At some point, it just becomes second nature. You, you see what I mean? Because you get reminded yeah. every single day. You get reminded every single day of who you are, um, how different you are from that person. And even if the person doesn't have anything against you, but the fact that you know how they can treat you, then you can act a certain way around them, you know? Mm, right. It, it, all these labels are causing, you know, people to just act differently with each other. And, and and it's just, again, it's just ingrained in your subconscious. You don't even realize it. That That's what I meant when I said, you know, all the labels. You know, Maria, I can't, I can't imagine anybody listening to you and, and not understand what you're, what you're saying because you're – you're very clear on, on on where your mind is, and, and very clear on where where your values and thoughts are, and uh, your your um, understanding of American culture on a deep level is is troubling, and and uh, incredible. It's incredible how much you know about American culture for for being here for ten years. Some people have been here for, for all their lives. And can't even articulate 
what you're articulating right now to our audience about, about America. And that, that seems that's troubling, you know, but it just goes to show, you know, your, your soul and, 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 you know, where you come from and how much you understand and, and not, not just your education, but, but your values and your, your desire to absorb information and also to retort it, to teach others and, and share your values. And we appreciate you being on the show. I mean, you're, 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 you're quite a guest. You're, you're quite a guest. No, thank you for having me. It's a real honor to, to be a part of the show. Um, again, I didn't even know I was going to talk, <laughs> talk about my life like that. But I think one thing that that really um, that I can say is the fact that I I came from a different country. So I I was a spectator. Um, I know my 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 accent yeah. just just took <laughs> just took no, over. No. Uh, no. I was I was able to kind of it was like I was watching a movie just being able to dissect it and, and trying to understand it, you know. Um, spectator, yeah. As, as, yes, as as a, as the audience, basically looking at it and, and being... So you are, you are an observer. You're an observer. Yes. And by doing that, I, I was able to have a better understanding of what's going on because I wasn't a part of it. I was just watching it. And and I, I was able to kind of make this assessment that okay, this is what's going on, just because it, it was it was just so different from what I was used to, you know, and I, I had to make do that for myself trying to understand because I wanted to make sure that I kept my integrity and also right. help my kids having um, having a, a, a different vision than. Um, than what they're being, they're living on a daily basis at school. I, I want her, I want um, the oldest now that's in school, I want her to really understand that certain things that people say to you doesn't define you as a person, you know? And right. does, I know it's, it hurt you, but don't let that uh, get to your head, you know? Um, because this is who you are, and never forget that. I know it's so, tough for you to. I know it's tough for you to say now about, you know, your younger child who's who's too young to stand up for herself now. But when she is in kindergarten, will you will you teach her differently? Will you tune in differently to when she starts to make friends and and make sure she's not called whatever those children called your your other child? I think one one thing that I try to do is not. Uh, is for them to know not to not to label other kids because of what they do to them. Um, I, I also I want them to understand that kids are kids. Yeah. There's no color. There's not. There's nothing. They're, they're just kids. They may say things that are hurtful, but they're kids, and that's all they need to understand. That they are the right. same. It's just. Don't let what they tell you affect you um, and, and change you, you know? Right. But um, 
if I teach them that, okay, they are treating you that way because, then I, I'm also a part of the problem. Right. Oh, I understand. Yes. It's, it's, it's the way that you handle that because that's going to make it or break it for them. Because if, if your because is it's because you're black, right? then you're not helping the child. You're, you're just not helping them. Because now you you all, you already you already put them in that box that this is who you are and you're being treated like that because of who you are, right? And that's not what I teach my kids. I, I think it's I think it's really difficult. I'm just speaking for myself though. I think it's really difficult not to forget the racist kids. I mean, I know it's their parents. I know that for a fact because I met the parents of some racist kids that I grew up with, but it's very difficult for me to forget like the Tony Cusumanos, Danny Cervantes's, the Greg, the Greg Cervantes's, you know, uh, out there that were as when I was a kid, they were incredibly racist and were horrible people and their parents were not any different. It's really hard to, mm-hmm. to to forget when when people touch you that way and say things in front of you that are quite honestly, even as a child, that's you know you think your experience as a child. I think, especially when you're in like in the sixth and seventh grade in America, I think you think you're experienced. But there are things ca- that can shock you. I think there are things that can like blow you away, and racism, to me at least, was one of those things. That when I met, when I saw racism for the very first time in, in a in a way that you saw through friends' eyes or people that you trusted or people that you liked or people that you wanted to be friends with, it betrayed you. It, it made you feel like a, like an idiot for liking somebody that could be that way, that could be so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't want to say hateful, but ignorant. Mhm. I, I and and again, I think um, I'm just gonna uh, give you um, a piece of my um, memory here. Um, I remember my very first, uh, not my very first job, but um, my very first uh, job here in the U.S. as an engineer. Um, okay. I was working for a medical device company, and I remember at the time they were going to have lunch for all the employees, but I was a contractor, and they told me, yes, uh, we we welcome contractors as well, so you can come. And so I was asking my boss, uh, so what are they going to have? Because I, I, don't, I don't eat um, a lot of things. Right. <laughs> Right. And I remember he told Are you me, vegetarian? They have uh, I'm vegan. Um Okay. I'm vegan especially because I I'm I'm here but anyway, that's another story. Sure. Uh I remember asking my boss, Okay, what are they gonna serve? And he said, They have chicken and I said, Oh, okay, I don't like chicken. What else do they have? Right. Um and he said, oh, okay, uh, I don't know, well, let's, let's see, maybe you'll have a salad then. Uh, and I never <laughs> in 1,000 years 
I never understood what he meant. I didn't pick on what he said. So I had another friend, a, a co-worker, she's from Pakistan, and she told me, can you believe what he just said? I'm like, what did he just say? He said, they have chicken. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, they have chicken, so what? And that's when she explained to me that was a racist remark. Oh, because, oh, is that what he meant? Yeah, so, and I'm like, okay. So because, that's black like, okay. People, because black I, people like chicken, is that was his comment? You really? But when she, when she, and, and again, I think, as I mentioned, the fact that I am from a different country. Oh, that's that's old, man. <laughs> that's lame. There are a lot of things that people would tell me, expecting me to react, that I, that would just go over my head because I'm not used to that. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> so that's lame. <laughs> that's a, that's a lame excuse for a racist comment. <laughs> that's that's like 1950s, no, 1930s. <laughs> yeah, so when somebody would tell me something, they think it's racist, but the fact right. that I'm not used to it, I just don't know what it is. I'm like, okay, oh, all right. I, I don't see the... I don't see the evil. In it. I, I, I'll be honest because, with you. I, I I didn't think it was a racist comment. I thought they only had chicken and salad. Did they have more than chicken no, and salad? No, they had more. They had more. <laughs> oh, they yeah, have because I didn't think it was food. racist. I really, I really thought he he was saying they have chicken and they have salad. I really thought that that was. No. I, I honestly thought that, that was just it. But he was honestly saying to you, because you are black, that they have chicken. Really? No, it was. He was shocked because I said I didn't, I don't like chicken. Um, and, and I didn't, again. I don't mean to, I, I I don't mean to laugh at you. I'm so like sorry. No, 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 it's okay. I, and I didn't understand it myself until um, the neither. other person explained to me, oh, that was a racist comment. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, sorry. I didn't understand what he was saying. I, I thought Just everybody loved I, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought a lot of people were like. Yeah, I, thought, I thought, I thought, yeah, I thought everybody liked you. That's so stupid. But that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the day I learned that that was a stereotype. Wow. That was the day I learned that it was a stereotype. I never knew that was a stereotype until the person explained to me. Oh, by the way, that was a racist remark. I didn't know. Okay. Just because, you know, I'm not used to that. And and so many times as well, people would just um, put, put, you know, like, come and, and, and on, on the side, hey, Marie, uh, do you, did you understand what he meant? No. <laughs> just wow. because a lot of these remarks I am not used to. So it's it just seemed an innocent remark to me. But it's just because I'm not aware of all the stereotypes and all the, you know, all the ways you can tell somebody, oh, because you are a certain skin color, then you should like this or you should like that, you know? Right. Um, or because you, oh, you don't like you don't like this type of music. Oh, I thought you guys, you know, all of you would like. All of you guys like this kind of music. Oh. So 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 yeah. when you went to that, mm-hmm. so when you went to that that whatever, they had more food, different food. Than chicken and and salad, is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, it's like a buffet. It's it just they they just 
you know, pattering. Did you ever talk to him about that? Did you ever mention it to him? Or did you ever say anything to him? No. No. I, I just thought he was childish. When the person explained that to me, I just laughed. I was like, okay. That's, well, if he was trying to hurt me, then sorry. I, I just didn't know that's what he meant. And, and basically, that's that's why I'm saying that I want to just raise my kids the same way I was raised, right? Because I'm I wasn't familiar with this type of theory type. So when somebody would, would tell them things like that, then we would just go right. over their head as well and don't don't feel oh they just call me this they just you yeah. know call that's me crazy. by that name. So that's weird. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, may I share a story with you? Sure. So, so my father is from Sicily. It's the it's a southern island of Italy, and my mother is from Japan, mm-hmm. and she grew up in Peru. I was in Sicily, the southern part of Italy that was conquered by the Moors and the Arabs, uh, mm-hmm. thousands of years before, hundreds of years before. And you have Sicilians, and you have what you call Black Sicilians. My father mm-hmm. and I are both black Sicilians, meaning we have light eyes and dark hair. Now, I didn't really know the definition at all. I didn't know why. I was very smart, but I didn't know why. Now, I'm in the middle of Sicily. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of an island, a big island, by the way. And we're at this great restaurant. I'm a very young boy, 15, 16 years old. I'm drinking, having a good time. I'm young. And in America, you don't drink alcohol at that age. But in Sicily, you can drink alcohol. So I am drinking mm-hmm. alcohol. And I'm, I'm around my cousin. And my cousin just got out of the Italian army. And this guy came up to me. He starts speaking to me in English. And he, and he calls me the N-word. And I'm not going to say the mm-hmm. word, but I think you know what I'm talking about. He calls me mm-hmm. the N-word. And I'm like, what? He's like, you're this. I go, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. And he kept on looking at me and yelling at me and calling me, I call me that. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Now look at, I look at my, uh, my cousin Vincenzo and I go, what is he saying to me? What's, what's, what's happening? He goes, well, what mm-hmm. happened is, is that your, your, your family was conquered by the Moors, conquered by the Arabs and that somebody must have married an Arab or, or a Moor or been raped by an Arab or more, that's why you have black blood in you. So you have black blood in you. And he's, he's making fun of the fact that you have black blood in me. And I look at the guy okay. and I go, what, what's a more? I, I, what's a more, dude? What are you talking about? <laughs> and, and my cousin goes, he goes, a more, you know, like Othello? Othello for Shakespeare? Othello? That's a more, man. You know, they were... He's like 200,000 of the you know, great people that were in ships and they conquered a lot of Northern Europe. And I'm like, oh, oh I know who you're talking about. Oh, my. So I'm, I'm, I'm like related to the Arabs, the Moors. He's like, yeah, you're related. To By the time we're done with the conversation, the, the guy got tired and walked away. He was exhausted. He was yeah. exhausted. Yeah. He's like, oh, like I, I wasn't here to teach you a history lesson. I was here to insult you. But, you know, I think you and I can share that where it's like we, we don't understand that we're being insulted. It's like I, like in America, yeah. it's way different. Yeah, I, I'm not called that word. We call that to a different pe- kind of people. It's like, okay, so what's happening? What's happening right now? 
<laughs> exactly. That's, so I, that's, that's exactly. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. So, you know, I, I always taught that to my students to whereas, you know, when I told them that racism and bigotry has a lot to do with how you interpret the information. And if you want to interpret the information as racist and that, you, you have that right to. But if you take on that innocent point of view of like, you know, that does not pertain to me. That, you know, I, that, I don't relate to, to that information. Like, everybody likes rice and beans. Everybody likes chicken. Everybody likes this. Everybody likes that. It's like, that, that is not very specific. Like, now you're just being a child. Mm-hmm. So I looked at that mm-hmm. person as just being a child, and it, it, it taught me a lot about racism. It taught me a lot about racism. Mm-hmm. That it was just silly. And a lot of it had to do with what you were absorbing and what you were willing to accept. And I wasn't willing yeah. to accept that, you know? No, totally, totally, and and it's the same same uh, story for me because for all those years that I've been um, in the U.S., people have tried, you know, to make comments, and you you will see them piss and, and leave because I was just like, okay, so um, what does that mean? Okay, oh, okay, so what does this expression mean? I, I I have to tell you that there are a lot of expressions that I don't know. Right. In the American language, so when somebody you must, come you must to me frustrate a lot of people. I'm telling you. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, so what does that mean? Okay, <laughs> what is this word? What does this word mean? And in front of them, I will just Google what does this mean. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I think it's wrong. I would pay uh, any it, amount it, of money to watch that. I would pay any amount of money. That would be better than any movie I've ever seen, including Avengers Endgame, to just watch you, you Google in front of a person what that means. That'd be great. But the, the funny thing is somebody will tell me the N-word, I will say thank you. Because I'm not going to engage in that conversation. It's not even a conversation. It's you trying to hurt me. And I'm, gonna, right. I'm not going to give you that. That um, the opportunity. Yes, I, I won't, and I would just say thank you, and I'll move on with my life. And if you want, you will move on with yours as well. Have a great day. Right. Um, right. But it's 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 unfortunate when I would listen to music, uh, especially rap music, that right. you would see you would hear that word constantly. Right. You would it becomes natural like. Okay, we're telling each other that, but why? You know, right. uh, and you do that on a daily basis. That's that's again another label that you just not even realizing in your subconscious that you're accepting being called that, even yeah. by your peers, you're accepting being called that way, and you're just singing these songs. I can never sing songs that are that have n words in them. I I, I can't even pronounce that because I know right. it's disrespectful. You know, right? Uh, and that—that's—that's that's not just because I'm black, but it's just because you know the intent of the word is to hurt. And well, not it's not—it's it's not a very natural word life. to say. Yeah, it's not a very yeah. natural word to say. Yeah. Hey, I—you know—I—I I don't want to speak for people, and I don't want to speak for another culture. I don't want to speak for anybody. <laughs> I don't want to speak for any human being, and I also don't want to get in trouble. I'll be honest with you, because a lot of people are angry right now. But you know what? 
what I understand from a lot of rappers with, that have been saying this for the past couple of months and past couple of years is that appropriating a word, which I understand through semantics, that appropriating a word and holding it for yourself regains the power and the truth of the word itself. And I understand where they're coming from. But for me as a person, even a first generation uh, man myself, it's not a comfortable word. I, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable hearing it. I play video games. I love video games. And you'll hear little white kids saying the N-word over and over and over again. You, you'll even hear black kids say the N-word over and over and over again. And I remember I was playing uh, Destiny, a uh, video game Destiny on, on Xbox. And I heard a bunch of bunch of kids. You know, obviously they were black. You know, I, I, I even asked them. I wanted to ask them, by the way. And they were using the N-word. And I go, I got to go. They go, you Okay. I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, you have every right to say the word because you guys are black and what have you, but I, it's making me feel really uncomfortable and I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's too, it's making me feel uncomfortable and uh, I don't want, I, it's making my heart weird and it's making my chest feel compressed and, uh, and mm-hmm. I, it's making me nervous and I, I can't, I can't sit here and, and listen to this word and play a game and have fun. I'm, I just can't. It's just, it's just weird. Does that make sense to you? It does. It does. Yeah. And it's it just what comes with it, uh, with the word, how it affects your mind as well, because it reminds you of of the past, of your history. Right. Every time that right. you keep telling yourself that, you keep reminding yourself that, okay, this is who I am, um, and that that. I'm strong. This word doesn't mean, you know, are you strong? Um, right. You're worthy. You, you know, it's not right. uplifting. No. Um, the, <clears throat> so um, it's, it, it's just, again, another label, you know, and yes. why, why do we feel comfortable saying that to each other? Well, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's another cultural thing, and I don't want to... Um, make everybody anybody feel weird about it. It's just my observation again, and, and you know everybody can have a different opinion. You know, we don't have a lot of time left with each other, and you know, spending time with you has been great. I have loved spending time with you. I hope you liked being on the show. Um, you're an excellent guest. I can speak to you literally mm-hmm. for another hour and a half, but we're running out of time now. <laughs> Because you're a great, you know, you're, you're. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Sorry. No, what were you? What did you just say, please? No, no. I said in, in my time, it's past midnight. I just realized that now. I know we're hitting we're hitting the end time right now. We're hitting really long time here, but <laughs> we spoke that I'm long. Night I'm yeah, not so, bothered. So, Don't worry. Good. Well, I wanted to hit you at nighttime, so you know when your children are asleep, you're able to talk. But you know, I want to I want to hear your 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 comments on a, on a couple of things before we go. When when you heard mm-hmm. the George, the George Floyd case happening, I'm not even talking about Aubrey or or. Or any of the other cases happening, but when you heard about George Floyd, the George Floyd case happening, what was your what was your first instinct? I couldn't look. I couldn't watch the video. Um, 
it's um, it's unthinkable. Yeah. You know, it's just unthinkable when when you see this happen again and again and again. The first thing I asked myself was, why? Why do you need four men to arrest one? And, and not just that, but why? Why do all of them have to be on top of his body? Um, it was just inhumane. It was just inhumane. Um, <clears throat> I have siblings. I have brothers. Um, Sometimes I ask myself, you know, if it's a safe place for them to even be here. Um, I have two nephews that are in the U.S., and all I can think of is, are they safe? You know, are they safe? Because I know if they are in Haiti, um, their life will not be targeted like that. Yes, they they may be targeted maybe because of... um, okay, they are in a nice car or something like this, but not because of who they are as people. Um, I don't know. It was just sad to see in such a great country um, how if if you look a certain way... um, you would you would automatically be looked at as if you're you know a criminal or a thief or you look as if you're evil basically um that there's no good that can come out of you that that you know you you are dangerous which which is <laughs> it's just difficult to just wrap my head around it. Um, it's it's uh, heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, and that that's why I I I, uh, I think starting 2010, after I came to the U.S., I decided not to watch the news, not to watch TV. Um, I I get um, I, I'm aware of these things, especially through social media when they happen. Um, just because I I, I just can't take it. I just can't take it. Seeing how people are being treated, seeing injustice like that, um, is not something that I'm used to. I'm used to people um, doing things because they're hungry, but I'm not used to seeing people just targeting a certain group just because of the way they look. I'm just not used to that. So it's 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 really it's it's just really difficult for me to to wrap my head around this type of things that are happening in a country where you know you see great economy, but but yet there is this there is this um, thing that's just breaking breaking this community apart, and, and nobody says something about it. Nobody spoke up until recently where he's 
you see people saying, okay, it's enough. But it's been years and years where um, people have been subject of this type of discrimination and injustice. And it, it was just another statistic, you know, and the news when they talk about it. People just become numb when they when they hear these type of things, which is sad. We're talking about people's lives, you know. Um, I don't know. It's it's unfortunate, but that's the world we live in. It's it's really about time for people to understand that it needs to change. Certain things have to change. What things need to be changed? Uh, the way that we educate people or maybe the lack of education. Um, yes, we, we raise people to be engineers. We raise people to to go to to the moon. But we don't raise them to see people as people. I don't think we succeeded. I mean, I don't see the this country succeeded as that at that yet. Just being human being, you know, human beings, and understand that we're all human beings, and we can all achieve greatness. It's just a question of having the right uh, opportunities. Just giving everybody the right opportunities, the same opportunities, um, just because they deserve it, not because um, they were raised in a certain area and the other one wasn't. I think that's just working on that, um, the way we educate people, of just being people. Coming, coming from a different country, and coming to ours, where do you think we failed? Where do you think we failed our community? I'm not going to say that um, you guys fail. I think you just give up trying. Um, Because at at some point, if you if you really try hard enough, then you will achieve something. And I think um, what we're seeing in the news right now is 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 a, a spark that was dead for a long time. People want to try now to do better. People want to try now to make things um, different. But you haven't seen that in a while because everybody just accepted the status quo that, hey, this is the way it is, so just get with the program. Um, So it's just just, um, understanding that something needs to change. And uh, the more that we try to um, teach each other these principles that, um, we we need to love one another. We need to support one another, and and not giving up on on each other. I think that's when we really will succeed. I'm not I, I'm not gonna say that you fail. I just think that we just need to try harder. Right. Well, which you know when you see everybody standing up 
for their people, for their rights, for the community. When you see all these people that have come together right now, how, how does that make you feel? And does it give you a feeling that things are starting to change in this country? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's beautiful seeing that. Um, it, it's, it's all of that makes a statement. It makes a statement um, that people are not blind. They just never spoke up loud enough um, about these injustices that are, because we, we just, again, we, we come to tell ourselves this lie that this is the way things should be and we just accept it. But now when I see that people understand that, you know, I can make a change. I can change this. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, it, it's just, I, I, it, it just fills feels me with, with hope that um, maybe, just maybe now we are, we are building something, finally. Together. You know what, I, I, did, I did have a question I wanted to ask you. That I, I don't want to let you go without asking this, but I saw this one guy who's a, who's a group leader who was angry at police officers and soldiers and did not believe that they were sincere when they wanted to walk with protesters, when they wanted to take a knee for protesters, and just, just telling them just to get out of here. We don't believe you. Do you, do you believe that's right? Do you believe it's right to push away the very people who protect our community? And, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what the Even though I have worked with the police, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. But it felt like, it felt weird to me to see somebody push away people so sincere that were taking a knee. How do you feel about that? Do you feel that's right? Do you feel like, you know, it should should it should just be... Black America? Do you think it should be white and black America? Do you think the police and the, and, and, and the people should be separated? How do, you, how do you feel about that? I think the separation is what's causing the issue. Hmm. Um, and having been separated so long, it makes you see the other as the enemy. Even when they are willing to help, all you can see is the enemy. And, and I think probably that's what was happening. He couldn't get past the fact that seeing the officer as the enemy. Um, and again, it's just it's it's not just the fact that he woke up that day and and and, and saw the officer. It's just something that that took years to just just for him to react that way. You know, um, it was just being human. He was just being human, and um, you know now it's just it's just about certain people could have reacted differently, but maybe he wasn't as forgiving, um, and 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 being being willing to put his trust in someone that he sees as the enemy. Right. That's what I that's what I get out of it. Yeah. You know, even even. Even when when you see what's happening, it's, it's exactly the same thing. Where you've been you've been taught something about someone for so long, all these lives. Then when you see one, 
you think it's the enemy, and all you all you think is, I need to shoot. <laughs> you know, even if the person is holding a cup of coffee, you think it's 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 a weapon right. that they can use. It's it's just. It's just, again, education. It's just, again, um, the way we raise people to see each other. And, and that's what's creating all these all these issues, all these discrimination and, and, and everything that's happening and, and um, breaking up the community like that. So it's all in all in mm-hmm. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. As a question, I, I was really finishing the thought. Okay, you know, what kind of when you look at the leaders we have in America today, what, what do you we wish have for? The, the, yeah, the, we have the leaders. <laughs> let me let me phrase this properly because I want to phrase this correctly. <laughs> when you when you look <laughs> when you look at the leadership that we supposedly have right now that we think we have mm-hmm. right now. What do you hope about American leadership in the future? I hope that we have a leadership in the future. Okay. Yeah. That's what I hope. That's what the country deserves, leadership. Because with everything going on, if you had leadership, um, there was a lot more that could have been done. Oh, oh that's your uh, that's your joke is that we don't have leadership now, right? <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know, but I, I think that's why you're. I think that's why you're chuckling. It's like we have leadership. What we? <laughs> it's like oh, okay. It's like oh, I think I understand why she's chuckling now. It's like oh no, I, I understand what you're saying. What, what, what do you want for the future? What do you want for the for people who want to be leaders today, people who want the jobs today, they want the jobs from the people who supposedly are leaders right now. These people want to be leaders of the future. What, what, what do they need to do to gain your trust? Stop leading. Let me rephrase that. Be leaders. Lead the people. Don't um, just have an agenda for other big corporations. Don't don't pass bills just because it's gonna benefit you know so and so, and not the the population itself. Don't sacrifice um, what this country could be just because you you want to. Um, still be friends, or you know, with with that that big corporation or anything like that. Um, it's 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 also something that really uh, is weird to me the way that we even elect people in this country, where right. you have you can have the majority of the population voting for you. You are the leader they want, but yet you have 100 people that say, well, um, that's not what we want. And that person, you know, this, little, this group will dictate who the country should accept as their leader. Right. Um, 
it's it's really something weird to me that I I I just um, I just had to learn uh, based on the recent uh, election presidential election that happened. <laughs> uh, whereas in the, any other country, you know, the 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 country decides who they want as their leader, and right. not a group of people. Just just make it so that the the people have a voice and don't take it don't take it away from them. Right. Just just this 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 country deserves to be heard. Right. Yeah. We just well, need leadership. No, I oh. agree with you. No, I no no, I agree with you 100%. Um Coming from from Haiti, you know, and and learning what you did, coming to America, going through all of your experiences, what do you, you know, and this is going to be my last question before we move on. Um, what 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 do you That's want for you? Because we got we got to go. But <laughs> I, like I said, I could <laughs> I, I could talk to you for another hour because you know this has been exactly. my favorite conversation. Out of all the conversations I've had. Uh, because we only have we only have ten minutes left, but out of all the conversations I've had about this subject, you've been my favorite guest, and I love talking to you. It's, you're you're amazing, but what what do you want for the fu- what do you want for the future of your daughters? When you think of your two daughters and the future of America, what do you want for the both of them? I want them to grow up and know that. Star, the the sky is not the limit. It's just the beginning. I don't want them to think that um, they are limited just because of who they are, or you know, because they are they look a certain way, or they have a certain type of hair, or um, you know, their nose is bigger than so and so, or things like that. I just want them to know that when they go to school they get the same opportunity as anybody else. When when they are around and, and you know, and at the park, that people would, would not just <laughs> hold their toys because they think they're going to steal it from them. Um, it's uh, it's hoping that they, they are raised, raised in a better community where they are accepted as people and they know that they can do anything they put their minds to and and nothing would hold them back from that that's what i wish for them yeah do do you before we go do you want anybody to know how they can reach you how they can cuz i'm going to have you on uh, again how you're acting and you're producing and what have you uh, do do you want this audience to know how they can reach you how they can reach out to you to, like through your Instagram or Facebook or Gmail, or do you want to keep that for another time? Um, people can reach me on my Instagram. Um, I don't really do Facebook. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm more active on Instagram, and okay. it's uh, M-F-L-O-U-I-S-04. So it's just, okay. The two initials M F and then my last name Louis zero four. Okay. So you can put me on Instagram. I'll put that as a link tomorrow. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, you, you've, you so been in, you, mm-hmm. you've been an incredible guest. You know, your your stories were mm-hmm. not only enlightening, but they were also educating to a lot of us. And uh, um, some of them were heartbreaking. Some of them were incredibly troubling. Um, and, uh, you know, made me, made me like made me cry inside my face. <laughs> you know, you, do you know what I mean? Like when, like when you when you cry in a dream. You don't really cry outside, but you cry in a dream. You wake up and you're not crying anymore. That, that's what yeah. your stories are, are, are like to me. Like, they don't make me cry outside. They make me cry inside. Um, I'm sorry. You're, you're that wasn't the fat. intention. <laughs> no, I, I, that wasn't your intention? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're an incredibly fascinating human being I, and I appreciate you being part of our show I appreciate you sharing your stories with us and um, God bless you and your family I, I hope you're doing well and uh, I hope you're on soon for Cinema Files Radio for our other t- show I want to I talk to you about your, your acting I want to talk about all your projects I want to talk about all your things and I know we'll have another fascinating conversation so uh, anything anything else to say? Well, I want to thank you, Steve, for um, having me on the show. It's a real honor um, to be a part of the show. You didn't know what to expect, but you reached out anyway and and wanted to hear my story. So that's uh, I really, really deeply feel grateful for that. Thank you for what you're doing, for giving a voice to other people, um, just to share their stories and being heard. So I I really commend you for that and 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 doing all of that. Thank you. Thank we need you. more of that. Your, your story. I really appreciate you being uh, incredibly sincere and, and 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 being here for us. You know, thank you so much. So I'm gonna I'm gonna clap you out. I don't think there's anything more to say. <laughs> you're gonna start making me cry pretty soon. You're gonna make me cry pretty soon. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know, I know. I'm an ugly, I'm an ugly crier. I'm telling you. So <laughs> I'm gonna clap you out right here. <laughs> okay, here you go. <laughs> you have a great night. Please say hi to your family. Please say hi to your children. Okay, take care. Bye, my friend. Now, if you wanted to have a guest who is incredible and is incredible to talk to you, and um, I, you know, I don't even have any more words. I'm going to be honest with you. Let's just put on the music. So let's finish off. You know, I don't, I don't have any more words. She's an incredible guest. She's an incredible person. She's gone through some incredible things and, she was able to tell us in a calm voice and very clearly how she felt about so many different things. Uh, it was a delight to have her on. It was a, it was a pleasure and in my honor to have her on. Marie Francais, Louise. What an incredible human being. She is. She's right. I didn't know what to expect. But 
And I'll be honest, I didn't expect her to be one of my favorite guests. She's one of my favorite guests. She was an incredible person. Just so honest, just so blunt, so real. She touched my heart. Do you know what I mean about crying in a dream and then waking up and feeling your face, not feeling any tears, but you know you cried? That's what this interview made me feel. I felt like I cried, but I I don't feel any tears on my face, but inside my heart I know I, I cried. Inside my body I know I cried. It was It was incredible. She's an incredible guest. So thank you so much for being on our show. It is it is my honor. And to all of you out there, this is an incredible time. This is a definitive time for all of us. Black Lives Matter is the coronavirus. Unemployment. We've got a lot of things going on, guys. Keep the faith. Keep the truth alive. Teach your children. Stay happy somehow. Remember. And always remember, we can only get through these things together. I've had a lot of people try to break us apart lately. You shouldn't be doing this. I'm angry at you because of this. I don't like the name of this. I've heard a lot of anger. A lot of anger. But you know, I don't I don't I don't buy it, man. I don't buy that anger crap. I don't buy it. We can only get through this together. As a family. As one people under God. Leadership is not doing it for us. That's obvious. We can only do this as a family. I love you guys. I care about you. I think about you as an audience all the time. I hope you're doing well. I hope your family's doing well. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're eating well. I hope you're writing that book, reading that book. Watching that movie, writing that movie. Just always remember that These times will pass. But remember what's important. We came up together and we'll die together. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening in. This has been Forgotten People. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Have a great night. Be well.